You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. When I was a kid, it seemed like Christmas took forever to get here. And I hated waiting, especially the two or three days right before Christmas. It just seemed like those were the longest days of the year. Now as an adult, uh, it seems like Christmas comes by, uh, comes up quickly and kind of almost sneaks up on us. Um, but even as an adult, I really don't like waiting. How about you? Do you like waiting? And there's a lot of things I don't like waiting for. I, I hate being in a long line to pick up my food from a fast food restaurant. If my phone goes dead and I have to charge it up, I, I, I'm impatient. I want it to hurry up and charge up quickly. One of, my, one of the things I really hate is when my computer does updates and waiting for that to hurry up and finish because it tends to come at a very inconvenient time like when I'm supposed to jump in on a Zoom meeting and then all of a sudden the computer do, does an update or I'm trying to print off something uh, for, for a meeting and, and I can't do that because the computer's doing an update and I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, like talking to the computer screen and like that does any good. I, I think many of us, we, we struggle with waiting. We, we get frustrated from time to time. And so today I thought I would just give you a little pop quiz. I, I'm just gonna give you one question. with with how you would respond to the situation, especially when you have to wait. Let's just say that you are at your doctor's office and you've been waiting for over an hour in the waiting room. How do you respond in a situation like that? One, you thank God that you have a good doctor and you've enjoyed reading through the Reader's Digest from 1993 and the older and the other magazines from 10 or 20 years ago. It's just been such a joy to catch up on on those. B, you start complaining loudly, and you start pacing back and forth, and you, you let anyone around you know that you've been waiting for over an hour. Thirdly, you respond this way. You you end up after an hour, uh, you go up to the front desk and you say that you're leaving. If the doctor can't respect your time, then you're done. And, and, and you're so frustrated that you decide you're never going to use that doctor again. How do you respond? Many times when I think we've all had times that we haven't responded well to, to situations like that. Maybe it's at a restaurant and the waiters t- or the restaurant's taking forever to get your food. Maybe it's the person who uh, you're in the fast lane and that person's going really slow in front of you and you've grown really impatient with them. Even though we should be pros at waiting because there's so many things that we have to wait for in life. We have to sometimes wait for our spouse. We have to wait on our kids. We have to wait uh, sometimes for a job or we're waiting on medical tests. 
maybe waiting on someone to marry or maybe waiting to have a family. It, it seems like we're always waiting. And the Bible is full of stories with people having to wait. You think about Noah and, and building the ark and being on the ark with the flood. You think about Moses and Joseph and David and Daniel and Jesus and Paul and many others. Uh, there, there's so many people that had to wait in the Bible. I think about Abraham who at 75, God told him that he was going to have a, a son and that he was going to be an ancestor of a great nation. But it took 24 years for this to take place. God's people had to be in slavery for 400 years, 400 years of waiting before going to the promised land. 40 years they had to wait. In Luke chapter 2, we see two waiters, a man named Simeon and another woman named Anna who were waiting on the Messiah. Shortly after Jesus was born, he was taken to the temple to be dedicated. In Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 25, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting. Now this word eagerly waiting can be mean waiting for or looking forward to. And so he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led him to the temple. And so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord, uh, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God uh, to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. And so he's praising God. He's, he's talking about how wonderful this Messiah will be. And, and uh, Mary and Joseph, they're amazed at what's being said. And, and Simeon continues to bless him. And then about that time, we see Anna, a prophet, uh, come into the picture. And she was very old, our text says, that uh, her husband died when they had only been married for seven years, and she lived as a widow uh, to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God, fasting and praying, year after year, decade after de decade, this amazing woman, this prophet of God, never left the temple. She worshiped there, fasting and praying, and she comes along, just as Simeon is saying, talking to Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And so we see these two waiters, these two people who have been waiting for the Messiah year after year, and finally they see Jesus. But the question that I think they would have, and probably the question that we have from time to time is, why does God make us wait? If He can do anything, why doesn't He bring us relief? Why doesn't He bring us answers? I mean, why did Anna and Simeon have to wait so long? Could it be that we're not waiting on God as much as God is waiting on us? To paraphrase Ben Patterson, what's going on is this. What God does in us while we wait is as important as what we're waiting for. Something actually happens while nothing is happening. 
God uses waiting to change us. I think often we want the results without the work. I think it meant so much more to Simeon and Anna because they waited so long to see the Messiah that God was transforming them and doing a special work in their life. God used this time to, to mold them. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, as a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise as some people may think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. John Ortberg says an economist read this passage and was quite amazed by it and talked to God about it. He said, Lord, is it true that a thousand years for us is just like one minute for you? The Lord said, yes. The economist said, well, then well, then, a million dollars to us must be like a penny to you. And the Lord said, well, yes. The economist said, well, Lord, will you give me one of those pennies? The Lord said, all right, I will wait here a minute. Often we want God's resources, but we don't want to wait for His timing. We want the penny, but not the minute. We want the hand, but we don't want His calendar. We forget His work in us. We forget His work in us while we wait. What, what's important is as important as what we're waiting for. Waiting means I must trust God. Know that God knows what He's doing during this season of waiting. So the big question is not, have I gotten everything I'm waiting for? I, I never will, and I may not understand why I'm having to wait, and I don't understand why some of you are in a season of waiting. But I think the more important question, maybe the bigger question is, what kind of person am I, am I becoming why I wait? What kind of person am I becoming Why I wait? Am I waiting with patience and faithfulness? Or am I waiting with gritted teeth and I'm frustrated and I'm mad? Something that has helped me in my journey uh, to become a better waiter, and, and again, it's a journey. I, I have a long ways to go. But it's seeing the benefits of waiting. I read a blog post by Eric Spiel called Five Reasons That God Makes Us Wait. That was very helpful, and I want to summarize those for you. First of all, waiting reveals our true motives. There's been times that I've asked God to help me in a situation or, or with something in my life. And it's during that waiting zone that God begins to show me that maybe I was asking with wrong motives, and He began to show me maybe something else, uh, another side to, to what I was asking that I had never realized. And so waiting can reveal our true motives. Those come out in the waiting zone. Waiting builds patience. Patience in waiting for small things can lead to have, having patience for bigger things. If we can't wait for God to do a small thing, we certainly can't wait for Him to do something bigger in our lives. Thirdly, waiting builds anticipation. Why do children get so excited about Christmas? Because the wait has produced anticipation. I think Anna and Simeon had that anticipation. They couldn't wait to see the Messiah. We, we tend to appreciate the things, uh, things the longer we have to wait for them. Fourthly, waiting transforms our character. 
Waiting has a way of rubbing off the rough edges in our life. When we think about Moses, Moses led God's people out of slavery, and we think about all of the great miracles that took place with that. But we tend to forget that he also went in a season of waiting. He, he had to wait for 40 years out in the wilderness. And during this 40 years, I think God really transformed his life in preparing him to lead God's people. Well, we see that early on in his life that he was pretty impulsive. He ended up killing a man, but God used this season to transform his life. And I think God can use our season of waiting to transform our life. And then fifthly, waiting builds intimacy and dependency upon God. Do you have a family or a friend or a family member that stuck with you during the tough times of your life? Uh, someone that has been with you in the trenches? When, when you go through hard times with people, you build uh, an intimacy. You, you build a bond with them. And when you go through hard times and you depend on God, when you lean into Him, that relationship gets deeper. And so I think God is interested just as, as, as much in the journey as the destination. We may not always understand the why of waiting, but we can be assured that we're not waiting alone, that Jesus is waiting with us. 